0: I'm Anthony Walsh and this is the Roadman Cycling Podcast, the show where we empower you to tools to optimize your health, your happiness, and your longevity. Our guest today is Tiskabu Gourmet, a trailblazing figure in the cycling community, hailing from Ethiopia, a land renowned for its running legends. Tiskabu has broken barriers and paved the way for African cyclists on a global stage, including becoming the first Ethiopian to ride the Tour de France. In this episode, we'll delve deep into Tiskabu's journey from running the trails of Ethiopia to cycling the roads of Europe. We'll explore the cycling culture in Africa, the quality of the training environments and the barriers that African cyclists face as they try to transition to the European racing scene. Here's a little taste of what awaits you today.
1: I just love the sport. I just love to ride a bike. That was my freedom as a kid. And I just started racing bike and then, then I realized, okay, I can make money from it, you know. And especially just coming through when the opportunity comes to come to Europe and I start to, to dream big. In Ethiopia, when I was racing, the biggest polotone was like, I would not call it polotone, it's like 24 riders. So <laughs> it was like, for example, the young guys now, I, I, I believe they are very lucky because they have internet, they can see what's going on in Europe, they can follow their sport, uh, they can read, they, they, like, in our situation was was different, like, I don't even know what's internet when I come to Europe.
0: This is Gabu, welcome to the Roman Podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me.
0: How did I do with your name pronunciation?
1: Oh, like everyone else, Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, so yeah, my name is Gabu. It's hard
0: to make that sound like I was, I've been pronouncing your name wrong, like when I've been watching you in World Tour races. Yeah. But so I was like, before the call, I was like, all right, I definitely need to pronounce this right. And so I listened to you (laughs) saying it in a recording, but I couldn't make that sound. I was like, (laughs) skabu,
1: It's difficult. It's only people who grows up in Ethiopia or my friends. That can go because it's a, in our language, we have these uh, different words like th- check, uh, uh, <laughs> so it's like it's pressing the tanks and uh, it's difficult for you guys to do it. So that's why.
0: <laughs> what do your teammates call it on the radio?
1: Sugabu. So, like, s- yeah, yeah. So, you're doing a bit better now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ethiopia is obviously famous for producing some of the greatest runners of all time. Did you have a go at running when you were a kid?
1: No, not really. I was playing football a lot, uh, but not running. But I had uh, friends who, who was doing it and uh, running was big every uh, kid. If it's if you're involved in sport, yeah, it has to be running because that was uh, has a feature and uh, many athletes we know from uh, where, where we live and from other part of Ethiopia they they become winners and that was that was uh, just people like you to be a runner if you want to be in the sport. But I was, as a kid, I loved to play football and riding a bike. That's uh, and also but like I have a background that my father was a cyclist and my brother was a cyclist at that time. Uh, he was a good cyclist. I, I raced with him also. So I was just more involved with biking.
0: Your dad raced pro or just national scene?
1: No, no, no one. I I am the first Ethiopian to be pro actually. There was no one before me. So it's like my father was just one of the people who started uh, racing in, in my town. Uh, it was like 40 something years ago. Uh, we're talking now. So it's like... Uh, so that was, uh, Italians come to Eritrea and the uh, sport, we are close to the border. Like Eritrea was under Ethiopian uh, territory at that time. And I was like, we are in the neighbors. And the sport was, comes up there. And my father was, he wasn't the first person who started the sport, but he was like the first three years, like in that time. So they were just That's doing brilliant. it. Yeah, yeah. was, uh, I don't know why they were doing it because I asked my father many times, like, especially now this time, I asked him, what was in your mind? Because you had a family, you had a, you had a summer job beside, and they were just, they don't even know that it's a sport. It's just how you can involve it. And they just, just this, he was using a lot transporting for uh, a marketing stuff by bike. And when people promoting to, to change to rest, it just involved it and there was no free there was no salary, there was no closing, there was nothing. It's just like they have a bike, he sees a picture with just normal closing and the the style they do and the the training they were doing. He tells my father was like it's crazy. Like they were doing like 180 kilometer. They just they don't know the kilometer because they don't have anything at that time. They just they, my father will tell you I was going to Alage and come back and like and this is <laughs> like from from where I live is like 90k it's like so he was doing like 118k it's just it's just it's insane so they were doing just for fun and uh, here we come like uh, cycling growing and uh, become pro it's it's uh, interesting the family just
0: <laughs> but the energy those people have like volunteers to get organizations and clubs started like i'm really baffled and in awe of that like i look back i used to play football as well as a kid and my dad started the local football team and when I was a child, I just thought what he did was normal. But now I'm an adult. I'm like, he gave up two or three nights every week to go and train kids for zero money, to put nets up. He'd buy like jerseys from his own wages. Like he didn't make a lot of money and he'd buy jerseys for his own from his own wages for the team. On the weekends, he'd be like all day Sunday, like marking pitches, putting nets up. And like for zero, we take for granted how much volunteers like that drive sport forward.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I guess it's the passion. Uh, that's that's something people it was before and now like doing what you love, doing what you think, and that gives you satisfaction and and money has big value now, I guess, compared to like your father's time or to 40 years ago it was like of course it's it's one, one important thing in life to have but Teaching kids and having involved in that kind of sport is it just—it just. My father was like he didn't have any salary. He was even like giving so much time to train, and he comes in the afternoon work. He should—he should keep working the whole day. He should make more money, but he was like doing like training and come back still tired of doing some business because he has at that time he has like my oldest brother was born already. He has like marriage and like how come to you work like that much because no money, nothing you buy, buy your bike, buy your, like everything by yourself. You invest that. It's like, it's, it's crazy, but it's, I think just the passion and they, they love to do something that makes them like they feel, they feel want to be too good. So that's the satisfaction and the passion. I think that's uh, was biggest, I guess.
0: But I think without that work that your father put in, like we're probably not having this conversation right now you know that's the groundwork for you becoming a professional
1: yeah i agree 100% 100% because it's it's it goes on you know it's like i become a pro i change my life i it's it's just it's just insane and it will change also so many kids life it just the sport will not go back because like it, in ethiopia like we started the conversation it's only runners that we see in the international event. Now we try to see many Ethiopians like in the cycling. So we have like four or five pro riders There is from Eritrea. It's just there is people who pay sacrifice for that, and uh, it just it's just all about the moment and the timing becomes like more opportunity come to us, and it, it just changes our life. So it goes it goes better and it goes more for sure, you know. So
0: yeah. We've um, an initiative here and it's called Can't See Me, Can't Be Me. And the idea is to create positive role models for kids to aspire to. And Katie Taylor is, I think Katie Taylor was the first ever professional female boxer because girls weren't allowed to fight up to, you know, a, a short number of years ago. So Katie Taylor used to dress up as a guy and she'd enter male boxing matches dressed as a guy. And then she was winning all the male boxing matches. And then the organizers were like, well, this is ridiculous. We need to have a category for her. So that's how female boxing started. So she spearheaded this campaign of like, can't see me, can't be me. But when you're speaking, I think about that because like your father laid the groundwork for you. And now it's like, you've got a bigger megaphone where so many more people can see you. And now so many people can aspire to be you. Sure. hundred percent.
1: I agree. I mean, it's, uh, it's what's happening really. And, uh, it's a, it's, it's a great thing for us happening also for Ethiopia cycling, it's for me, for me, it's like doing what I did. It just like, when I started cycling was like, I just love to ride a bike. I was, I was never thinking like I will change my life. Like I will be here, like what I achieved and what I I did. I never thinking like, I just love the sport. I just love to ride a bike. That was my freedom as a kid. And I just started a racing bike, and then then I realized, okay, I can make money from it, you know. And especially just coming through when the opportunity comes to come to Europe, and I start to dream big and like, wow, is this become my job? And this will change my life. And it's like just then I would like extra. I get extra motivation. So it's it's as a start. You just started like because you love to do it. Uh, then it will become. Your work I guess it will become like your job and that's all together becomes wow then it's like represented my country just all this stuff and become the first Ethiopian rider to be in the Tour de France to be the first guy to to be in the Conti team in the Pro Conti team in World Tour team it just it it become bonus for me it's like it's just it wasn't a dream when I just the first two years I started as a cyclist. I just was like, I love to do it. I want to do it. Then it gets bigger and bigger, and opportunity opened, and like that's that's how it becomes. So it's a, I can understand people like. How it started, and especially with my situation, is like the process I pass. It's it's now you see kids like they from France, from like whatever country in Europe is like they just started cycling. They I want to be a pro. I want to, be, to do Tour de France. I, like the or, but for me it wasn't like that. It wasn't just like I just show up in the race and just to start local races, just to race it. You know, it's like it's like I wasn't like. Doing it like I wasn't dreaming big to come to Europe. There is no way even to think because there was no one, you know, like there was just no possible to have also that thought in your mind, like I want to do this. But then, like, it becomes a job, and like, just the love you have, the passion you have for the sport, it will bring you so many things. That's what I learned, I guess, in, in my career. So,
0: what was the cycling infrastructure like when you were a kid? Like, what was the quality of the roads for training on? Did you have access to equipment? Kind of paint me a picture of what it was like coming up as a kid.
1: Yeah. The, so in Ethiopia, when I was racing, the biggest polo was like, I will not call it polotones, it's like 24 riders. So <laughs> it was like eight, eight. And 10 so get
0: dropped after a kilometer.
1: That's it. Like it just, it just, the riders was quite, like the performance was quite similar. Like it was, it was intense in that moment. And And the roads, we have only two options we had. And we just going to west side or to the east side. That's it. And you have to come back the same road. And there was, uh, at at the the first two years, I remember there was even like the other side was like only we could go only 70k. We have to come back because it's a gravel. It's like there is no uh, asphalt on it. And uh, we were doing a lot of uh, circuit training and circuit race. Just like in the town, you do... Uh, you wake up five o'clock in the morning and you're just doing uh, like one loop. And there, there was some famous loops that, that you can do. And you meet a lot of cyclists there. Like uh, So every category, like we have like, uh, now like, they call it like uh, junior and under 23 and elite. There is different category and more numbers now in Ethiopia. But when I start, like it was like, we call it B and A. So like you, you start with the B category, it's like around 18 riders and you go to a level that is 24 and there was only three local teams that they can provide you a bike and also some pocket money like around uh, 100 euro uh, on that time Uh, that's it so you will have a team house and uh, so there was a uh, under government fund this uh, this uh, companies also there was uh, uh, so this they provide everything helmet and uh, bike and well that's pretty good yeah, yeah, yeah. It was aluminum bike where I started. I like, remember like with Bianchi bike, aluminum bike. So, and uh, we, yeah, we were racing with that bike.
0: For the first time in years, I have really big targets that I'm super passionate about this summer. And although the warmer months are approaching, I don't want to slip into that trap I see so many riders falling into, just riding around with no focus and no aim with their friends, simply because the good weather is starting to arrive. I'm still using my what Bike almost daily to keep me sharp and on point with specific sessions all the way into my target events, Rift, Migration Gravel, and Leadville later this summer. That's why I'm really happy to be partnering with what Bike. The what Bike Adam, it's sitting next to the desk in the recording studio. And if I have an hour between interviews, I jump on. It's removing all those friction points for me. No more 10-minute setup, unfolding legs, banging my knees off stuff, connection issues. It just works every single time. The is perfect for riding Zwift because it has those crisp gear changes. Boom, boom. 1% power accuracy and max gradient capability of 25%. If only my legs had a max gradient capability of 25%. Even if I'm riding those steepest climbs on Witopia, it's absolutely fine. I'm actually riding that custom gearing setup. So if I'm riding a particularly hilly route, I'll select a more climbing suitable gear ratio. It's the business. If you're looking for an indoor trainer, if you're looking to stay sharp this summer and not lose that hard-earned fitness over the winter, I couldn't recommend the Bike setup any higher. It's the last indoor trainer you're ever going to need. Head on over to whatbike.com and check out their full range what do you think the barriers are to getting more african riders to break into the european racing scene like right now why aren't we seeing more like why are you the first ethiopian to ride the tour de france like what's been i suppose the historic roadblocks and are those roadblocks still there
1: yeah i i think we we should see more riders uh but it's also the the foundation uh, at the, on the ground is 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 a bit slower because also like when you think about bike, it's like you need a lot of financial uh, stuff uh, support, like a bike and helmet and all everything. It's just it's just getting more expensive and expensive. But there is also people who found that opportunity to have a bike and to have a, like I said with the local teams and the government is like really supporting the sport and they should be coming more. But it just, it just also the science behind it and also the opportunity. Because when I, when I come, uh, the first time to, through UCI, most of African riders, we come through the UCI, uh, academy, like to African Cycling Center. Then we become, we, I come to Eagle to uh, World Cycling Center. Then I found a team. So that opportunity still, like, it's, it's half of it. Like I, it's like World Cycling Center is like the, the, there is a project but it's not like uh, as before like 2011 like it was not like full seven months or six months you could come and race in europe it's it's uh, it's like uh, they put it like just one before the race or put before to the and that's also a bit affected because it's hard the, the teams here they don't see what's going on in who is the talent there and it's it's hard it's like there is a barrier like to to see just to go on the ground and to found someone and also the other the other challenges like the language and the uh, the knowledge and the people doesn't know still didn't figure out how to be a pro uh, and there is a kid who wants to be a pro but he couldn't come uh, to Europe to race is because we have a challenge with the visa and we have a, we have a lot of uh, situations that there is a barrier that naturally, just like all the rules stops you to just keep racing and get opportunity to national team. And so the national team send you to African Cycling Centre, Africa Cycling Centre, Switzerland, or someone from uh, South Africa that's happening in uh, Africa Cycling Centre to to send you to team or to like manager or whatever, like who can help. So that's the way. So the way still didn't change uh, unless like in Colombia.
0: I remember signing for a French team and it was even such a shock to my system when I signed for a French team because I didn't speak French. But even culturally, you know, I'm European, they're European. It was quite similar, but it was still such a shock. So I can only imagine a young Ethiopian writer coming to Europe. You have language difference. You have the fact that no one else looks like you. You have cultural difference. They don't eat the same food. They don't have maybe the same beliefs. You've had access to very different training all the way up. It must be very intimidating to come into this setup.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, the, one of the biggest challenge. Uh, that's that's the thing also. People come to Europe and uh, they have they face uh, different challenges, the culture. I said to my friends many times, like uh, the culture and uh, the thing in Europe, the way of racing, that challenge for me is a bonus. Like uh, there was so many things that, I will have to face was like a dark that I was thinking it's impossible. I could, I could go through this. When I come to UCI uh, in, in 2011 to to Switzerland, I remember oh, it was freezing. It was so cold. It's like all snowing and I can't just, I grow up the whole, my life, like the lowest temperature, maybe face my, my body is like 14 degree. I don't know. I Not even that, you know, like it's, it just, it just i was racing a different situation and just come to to Susan and was freezing and I just go outside i didn't have even jacket like to come and like they give me a jacket and i was i was i have to go buy a city bike around to the center and training it's full cover and everything and racing it's like it's similar and i said i i come to europe just to change my life i wanna i wanna be in in the team i wanna do to, Tour de france it was like I had I had some hopes that I could do better, you know? And that crushes me. And the other thing was also language. I wasn't really speaking English. Like, I come with very little English, uh, like, because I was in South Africa before. So to South Africa to come first, like, I wasn't, I was zero English. I understand nothing. I understand nothing. So it's like, that was biggest challenge, but I was with some African writers. So it was like, you help each other a bit and they translate to you. And it's like, that was better, I think, mentally. Uh, even like most of the African, that was French. They're from West Africa. They spoke French, and uh, some of them they speak uh, English. They come from Namibia and uh, Zimbab- Zambia. They were speaking uh, English, but I wasn't really sp- speaking. And like when I come to Switzerland, I was like alone, and like nobody speak my language. And that was like it was hard. And I was like thinking, and how am I gonna go through? And I was just. Day by day, uh, I was just learning a bit and also start racing small roads, raining and all the peloton. and the, the descents are like, it's just so tricky and I was like, this is hard. to. But I was the, the best thing happened for me is like, I didn't give up really. Like I was just like I knew it's hard. I knew it's like, it's not going to happen. It's like, you know, y- you speak with yourself. Like, do I'm going to make it too pro? right? Like to be pro? Do I'm going to Found a team, do I'm gonna make a result? Because I was I was good rider in Africa in African championship. When I race, I had some result. Through Rwanda, I was doing. I finished fifth GC. So there was some hopes for me that I could do better. But I come into Europe, it's just the opposite side. And like then you can add like the culture, the like sit with the other team teammate. Like you need to have some conversation. To speak. you cannot speak about cycling. You just need to have all things. So it's like it's very. Challenge it, but yeah I wasn't give up i wasn't always i like I was always like it's gonna be okay like i i will I will do better and uh that was i think the best thing I don't know how it, how it comes to my head uh that I should give up like uh mentally with all things happened to me, nobody told me, and I don't know if someone was successful from my country, technically, I should give up like I should say, wow, i wanna go my country or run away like Many people were telling me, like, don't come back to Switzerland. From Switzerland, don't come back to Ethiopia. <laughs> you have to run away there. You have to live in Europe. Like, because people come come for, by different way to Europe, you know? And I was like, I was a guy that I want to change my life through my bike because I just, I just, I had a dream. I want to do the only race I know is to France. So I was like, I, I want to race there. Like, if I could come to Europe, I could figure out a, a way to be to become a, a, a pro and uh, that's also uh, i think one thing helps me also the first race i did in france uh, and uh, was national cup under to race, it was hard raining, and i finished the race and the second race i did was the still national cup with zelele under twins 23c I think that's still happening maybe the race I did that race. Also, I was I was uh, finished that race. Then I went to Tuscany, uh, Italy, uh, under 23 and uh, National Cup. And uh, I finished fifth GC. Then that gives me big, big motivation and boost that, wow, I could do better. So like when the climb, the mountain come, like, okay, I climbed naturally better and I was young and I just, the only thing I know actually just how to ride my bike. That's it.
0: men, I know how serious you take your goal setting, whether they're fitness or life-related goals. If you're looking for a powerful ally to support you on this journey, look no further than Huel. Huel has become my secret weapon for when I don't have time to prepare a balanced meal, ensuring I get the nutrition I need without sacrificing time or taste. Plus, it stops me from reaching for the takeaway menu. I always throw a bottle into my backpack when I'm heading into the city to work and it stops me eating croissants and junk food, you know, just generally stuff that don't support my training goals. It's handy and it's nutritious and it's over 22 grams of protein. Huel's perfect for athletes who don't have time to cook or prepare food before a training session. It's convenient, nutritious fuel at your fingertips, ensuring you hit your daily fueling needs for your session. Huel ready to drink has over 26 vitamins and minerals in every single bottle. You're getting a whopping 175 health benefits. Plus, they're all natural ingredients, stuff like tapioca, sunflower seed, coconut and more. And the best part... The flavors are amazing. Eight mouth-watering flavors. Iced coffee is in my backpack at the moment. You can get your hands on Huel ready to drink directly to your home just by going to huel.com forward slash roadman. That's huel, H-U-E-L.com forward slash roadman. When I spoke to Mikel de so he's running the Amani project, which does migration gravel race. So we were talking about this, and he said a huge problem for East Africans, in his view is when they do come across, so it's all the stuff you just identified, it's visas, it's expensive to come across, it's, you know, getting time off work and stuff from home. So you do come across, but you don't get a chance to come across. Like, so if you take a Belgian kid, you take, say, a a young Belgian kid coming up right now, like an Arnaud de Lee or whatever, that's come through the ranks. He got to go and do a kermesse, and then he gets dropped and then he does another car mess, and he does an extra lap and then he gets dropped and he does an extra car mess. He can do this for months and months and months and get a little bit better each week, each week, each week until the time we finally see him and then everyone goes, "Oh my god, it's Arnold Lee. He's amazing." But for the East African kid who comes across, it's money, it's visa, it's months of planning. He comes across once, doesn't perform, and then people say, "Ah, oh, He's not cut out for racing here, and they send them home. He doesn't get that months and months and months of small improvements, like in the shadows without the spotlight. It's like a super pressurized X Factor audition on day one. It's one hundred percent make or break on that day. I think that's a huge problem.
1: Yeah, it's 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 true. It's a uh, like the thing is like you you start cycling in Ethiopia or in Africa, you race with your people that grows up with you, they have less knowledge, or if you have more knowledge, you have the same knowledge. Like it just, it just, you race and you go back home and you see people and like, like it, it doesn't feel like the difference, but in Europe it's like also they, they know the road better. They get used to do, do it with the weather and they have more knowledge. It just, it just the physical strength is, that's the only thing you have. And if you are lucky enough also like, for example, the young guys now. I, I I believe they are very lucky because they have internet. They can see what's going on in Europe. They can follow their sport. Uh, they can read. They, the, like the technology put us to one sport now. At this time, like everyone has internet, whatever you are, like you can be connected to the West. You know, from whatever you are, from Africa, or if, if you just have a uh, access internet access. But in our situation, was was different like I don't even know what's internet when I come to Europe like it's it just there was I have no clue what it was how it works and uh, nothing uh, and uh, it just it just say they, they are way better than you with everything and you have to start just from zero to learn to whatever you wanted to be but the only thing you have is like the physical strength is than, than, than that's that's what you come to do and uh, performing and it's a lot about like listening people, the coaching and all the stuff and so just doing your job. But for example, like most people knows runners, runners doing really good. We see the result. They train in the altitude, they train, they live in, in Ethiopia full time. They just come only for the race. Their situation is different compared to cyclists. Okay. Because even they, they struggle with something, but it's not like us. It's not like a cyclist as as a cyclist. You have to come to Europe, live here three, four months. Then you have to go back home. You have to train. You have to, because you, you will do so many races as a pro and it's, it's, it's different and the bike racing also running is just running. You need, you need to go fast. There is no big nutritional on it. There is no so much technique. They just know their time. Like they know, they know how many times they have to go for a marathon. Most of the runners, they come from Ethiopia. They know what they they're called. They train with it. They know their time and they will do it more here because they come from altitude to sea level. They just fly. They have no, naturally also they grow up with it. Like most of us, we grow up like running everywhere. Like for me, when he said to me, like you go 10K, buy something, come back now. I will not do it. I will say you far. But in, as a kid, I was doing it many times. Just, <laughs> just walking. You know what I mean? It's just, I will say it's there. It's just, I will come back after three hours. We don't see even the time. It's just like, wow, we'll come back in the afternoon. It's just, so many kids does that. So it's like to become a good runner, I don't think so has big challenge as a people think, but there is a challenge with the culture, with the language and all the, the stuff. And, uh, but as a cyclist, it's, it's like, it's so difficult. You have to be really good on the technique. You have to be good on the timing. You need to speak the language. You are s- racing with with like Peter Sagan, Mark Cavendish. They are not on your field. They they are good on the flat and on sprint. I am a climber, but we are not the same peloton. Runners, they don't run Heiligabers Lassio or Kipchoke. He doesn't run with Usain Bolt. Yeah, yeah. They run with their category, no? So it's like the sport is completely different. It's made actually for us. Like running is like it's really good, like physically and mentally, it suits us better because we grow up doing it and it's easy It's become more natural to do it because you're older. You, also, you just need the shoes really to, to start running, but cycling is different.
0: Yeah. I never thought about that because I was kind of wondering like how the runners overcome that, those cultural problems coming abroad, but they literally just need to come for the London Marathon, come like four or five days before, and then they can go back home. They don't need to stay. Even the day before. Most, most of
1: the runners, they, they come the day before because that helps them a lot. They found out that if they come the day before or two days before, they just perform like the best and they just go back, that's it. And they build up for other uh, races. So it's like, for them, it's just like, pff, it's, it's, it's 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 different, it's different. So, but there is still like, like most of the runners, like you see them, just they speak by their performance. Like, yeah. like they win and... Even they don't do the press really well. They, they don't uh, tell their story properly to the to the world. They should be like like we see many athletes. Like they they tell they are some of the athletes. They speak their story and they win and like it's it inspires many young kids and it's it's good for themselves also. But they are not good on that. They just come to run and they don't even speak English and they don't try to speak English and they they their manager does everything for them and just come to run and it's like, they live like good. Just that's why also the different, like most of the West, uh, they like people or from Europe, they are not really coming close to them Also because Now this time I've, I see some, some athletes come uh, to beat to the good timing to, to beat them, but before like, it's like the runners in Ethiopia, they just do training, sleep, training, sleep, training, sleep. Right? they have nothing, like, to do. Like, just that's their own thing. And in Europe, it's, like, people doing other stuff also, like, just hang out with friends and you have something to do. And it's, like, they train different time. And it's, like... But the Ethiopian athletes, they have different discipline they have different of structure and everybody the same thing they do Uh, there is no too much nutrition involved in the sport when you see most of the runners it's all about just carbs and carbs and carbs that's what they eat or whatever but it's just technically they 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 become like they do it easily but for us I'm like I don't want to be I don't want to talk a lot about it because it's just uh, I don't want to be also like I don't have that so much knowledge about running, but I can see, I know many runners that they doing it really easily because they live at home and they do, they come to Europe and they just, they just win it easily. But for us, it's just, it's just, it's just different. There's so many points you have to put together to become a good, a good cyclist. And that's also for me was the biggest challenge is like now I'm 32 years old. And when I look back, I, I like, I said to myself, I could do way better than what I am doing like what I was doing, like 27, what I was doing 28. Like, no, that's where I I, I start to learn more because that's where I start to speak very good English and to discover more knowledge. And because I come with questions. Yes. And that's what I come because I come with very less knowledge. This, the education, the way I grow up differently. And it's just it's just very limited information uh, where I where where I was growing, and most of them, most of them doing just in involving in bad things uh, when I was a kid. It uh, wasn't really like that can help you to be a person and to dream big and to 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 have more knowledge. It's just just it's just different. And come to here, like many kids, they have more knowledge. They already step ahead of you with with, uh, with so many things and. It just we were just catching up by the performance i was i was lucky enough there was a people who was helping me like uh brett copeland and the first person who was giving me opportunity dark rider uh, the first uh, MTN Quebec, they they were uh, when they collected riders that was that was the biggest moment for me these guys was also helping us like to because they understand we were less now had less knowledge we, we don't speak their language but also we were giving problems. We were giving to problem to ourselves. I was sometimes like just some ideas like I was so stupid. I was when I was young. Why I would do is I was doing this. But I was also I didn't know what I what to do. I was when I found out like I had a, my back account, 10,000 euro. I was very rich. I said, my dream come true. I want to stop cycling. I was like people around <laughs> me like, you know, it's like. It just there is so many things people doesn't understand uh, where, like, where we come from and how many challenge we have we have passed uh, so many so many riders was failed because of that just they just just coming to Europe and racing a bit and come back and just like the performance goes down most of the African cycle, uh, cyclists you can see is like it doesn't go up it goes down most of the time because because of one of the reasons is this uh, it's a, just we don't know what the expectation when we found something we think we are we are there but. There is always more, yeah. but you will understand this when you have more knowledge. When you start to read uh, books, to ask people, to to meet different people, and to learn, like to keen to learn, like you know, it's like that's that's for me. That's the biggest uh, achievement I, I found. Like knowing myself is like try to learn like what's out there and what's what kind of book I should read to improve. And that's that's all comes also because also I start to speak very good english at least i can understand what's people telling me and i can understand what's the video i watch in in a movie or in a youtube then i wow you will figure out you were doing a lot of mistake i will, i am saying like some some of the moment i was so lucky to to survive the beginning of my career really because there was no one uh, like like me there was no one like who can understand my culture. There was no one, what's going on in my mind. There was like, someone doesn't know like, what looks like at home. Because at home, when I go back, is like people cheer me, clap, like you are a hero because you become a pro. And like, just that makes you to quit. That makes you, like that makes you become really famous. Like, you no, know, that's, that holds you back.
0: What was your reaction like when you, when you got into the Tour de France for first Ethiopian ever to ride the Tour de France? Was there big attention back home?
1: Yes, it is. It is. I mean, I, more than I expected. More than I expected. You know, like Tour de France was, uh, I was the first uh, guy who created in my mind and I was believing on that so much uh, because why I said this word is uh, so many people, when I said I want to do Tour de France one day, people was laughing me like, no way. Tour de France is like this level on this level. Like one of the hardest, like what's it's the highest that you could reach on the cycling. And the people like I trust and the people like I'm close to, they said to me, like, ah, oh, it's good. You dream, be good, it's good. But it's like, just focus on your changing your life and uh, do something decided it, save your money. So they, you can see the way they respond, they don't believe on what was I was said. So, but in my mind, I always think um, I will do it. The, the, the first time I jumped to the bike, it's at the, I always thinking about going to Tour France, racing to Tour France. When I watch Tour de France with uh, my friends in Ethiopia, I I picture in, in my mind like I, I was inside doing doing like the race, and I was big fan of uh, contador. It's just everything I do like to look like him. Is it's it's insane how much I love him and like I want to race with him. He inspired me a lot, and it's like. It's insane. It just, it just, it drives me like so. With my mind, is like always like I, I knew it. I'm gonna do it, but I don't know how. So I was, I was racing in Europe in that time, uh, the, in 2011, 2012. that's this is how I'm talking about. I was already in uh, in Europe and come back home, and uh, the, it was happening already. The process. I'm already in some step because before that I didn't like. I wasn't really. Uh, I don't know what my future was hold, but once. I come to Cycling Africa Cycling Center, UCI, the World Cycling Center. I said, I wanted to tour to France. Then I believe on that. And, and people was just holding me back, like, doesn't trust me. And the, even, even like I said to myself, like, you know, when you, when you dream big, sometimes in your mind says, like, that's hard. Especially if you go snowing and you're dropping and you don't, you're not making results also in Europe, in small races. That's also gives you like, no, 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 no. If you drop here, you're not going to make it to the World Tour Rider or to the Tour de France. But I said to myself, no, I don't want to hear that also to myself. I just want to keep going. I just, I just going to do it. And the, my girlfriend that time, my wife now, and she, I, she always said to me, when I, I shared that, she said, I'm sure you're going to do it. Always. Like she was like, her fling was like much, much stronger than me. Like I am sure because she believes in God. She always going to the church. And she always said, no, I just, I asked my God. I, I feel it. I will pray for that. God will give us, just believe in yourself. Just do it What you're doing. And like the process, it just, it works, you know, like it's uh, because I have achieved it. I did it to France. When I look back, I learned process is very important. You just need to connect your thoughts with your dream. And you have to know what you want. And they just need to be put it feeling and emotion to it, just doing your job. And that's it. It will come like slowly because it's already what that's what was happened. So for me, it's like the best thing was like I wasn't really, really give up on my dream. I was always believing. And uh, there was a moment like I remember 2014, I was out of a team like I didn't have any team. I was just dreaming, keep dreaming. Like I didn't know which dream I would race. And I, the situation was like, looks like I'm going to quit cycling. Like there was no one who's going to give me a contract, but it's like what I'm going to do, but I would just keep dreaming. I didn't give up. So that's, that, that things helps me to be to Tour de France. Then, then when I, when I, uh, when I raced Tour de France, it was like, there's, there's so much things that I didn't expect come to me because People start to see what I was doing, the interview, what I was saying, because I was saying this, like I was, I want to do Tour de France, and people will come. How do you do that? Like, how do you say why you were saying like you were sure, to, like you're gonna do one day Tour de France, and you did it now, because they found that it's it's possible. But I was already people doesn't trust me, and some sponsors was coming for, and they wanted me to be ambassador, and it's like just to small, like this. All things I didn't expect it, then the fame, uh, like uh, when you s- speaking about cycling, there is my name now. It's like, it's like if you talk about Tour de France until now, because I was the only still Ethiopian rider who does Tour de France, there's no one uh, still doing it. But so, like, if you talk about Tour de France in Ethiopia, for sure, there is my name. There is like, because I was, uh, so it's like that's things. And I meet many people. I, I, I meet like, people that I never expect to meet like Hele Galaszi invited me to his dinner the, the, his house like I, it just that that things like it just for me it's like it's impossible to meet these people and there's there's people that I never expect that I will meet them and have seat in the table and eat a lunch or dinner with them it just it just it's just insane so it's like it's it's a huge thing for me
0: what's your wife say now does your wife say you can win a stage at the Tour de France now
1: <laughs> no I mean <laughs> It's we. It was a dream. It was a dream for for us to to win stage, but to kind of become hard. Uh, and my wife, my wife, she's my biggest supporter uh, still. And uh, we 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 passed so many uh, challenges. But since we since I I did Tour de France, it's 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 we create family and we live together. And she she just my biggest supporter. But just my dream is just beside me and she always my biggest supporter. So sometimes she wanted me also to rest, like, uh, just let's do something else. Like we, we, she's proud of what I am, what I did, you know, like with my career. And, uh, she always said like, Oh, it's like, we become long, 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 long way. And we, you achieve uh, anything. So it's like, that was the biggest challenge, but also like, this is like my 12 years as a pro, which is, which is for me is like, when I look back was like, wow, it just, it just, okay. uh, it's really good career. Uh, sometimes as a woman, you always wanted more, uh, so that's why like, I just want to keep going and, uh, j- racing, but it just, it just, it just, uh, I have sometimes also we have to appreciate what I have passed, you know?
0: So what's your vision now for the future for yourself? So
1: yeah, uh, I have, yeah, I think so I, the, for the future is like, I don't know what's f- the, the future holds for me because at this moment, like I, I'm not uh, racing for next year. Uh, with the uh, and I, I am out of contract so I I'm, I'm in this situation now so I'm not thinking what's about the future because I was like since 2016 when I did Tour de France then I said okay what's next what I have what I, ha- I have to have a dream to, to achieve uh, something or that gives me motivation to keep going and at that time I said I want to win stage in Tour de France uh, I had to do it because I was just I was so in it like okay, do I will do it? I was, I was speaking with myself so many times. Like I could do three really because it's just to win stage, to do to do France, it become easier for me because I did it. it like things you did it, like it's even it was challenged, but like, if you did it, it's like, you will say, okay, I did it because it was possible. But it's like to dream, to create that big. And like I said, why not? I could do it because like, I don't want to beat Chris Froome or the, because the year I was doing Tour de France was 16, 17, uh, 18. Grand Thomas, uh, sky was dominating that, uh, Chris Froome 2016, Chris Froome 2017 and G 2018. That's three years in a row I did Tour de France. And I said to myself, why not going in the breakaway? And if I have a dream, I could make it the right breakaway and make it like to, to, to win stage. So I, I, I convinced myself. To dream that way, like to be in the Tour de France and the right breakaway and you will be like attacking from whatever and people looking at each other because this, I'm telling you, it was already happening in my mind. Like I was like always dreaming this way because that's the way I believe to win because I don't want to say I'm the best climber. I was not. I I have to be realistic also because I was a good domestic rider, good domestic climber and like I had some experience to do it and I'm a breakaway rider. So the win have to come from the breakaway. So like I was just dreaming that and I was believing in my dream. That gives me extra motivation because I know what to do. If I go to the Tour de France, I have to take the right breakaway and to win stage. Then the challenge comes like it will it become more harder to be a selected for the Tour de France. I, I come to Green Age team and the team was like very strong team, and they have good climbers. They have good uh, sprinters. mixer team, and it was for me it was like become really hard to be selecting the two. But that gives me like always motivation, like to do like better. You know, like to do like always. I want to. I, I will come back next year. I I wanted to do Tour de France. I wanted to do Tour de France, and it just it just I never close to do it again, and that's become more harder. So, and also I think the different for me like. At this moment, I said to myself, for example, like I said, yeah, I'm I out, out of contract, I'm still looking for a team for next year. And I said to myself, why, why it ended up like this? Why I didn't have, like, I didn't achieve it, what I did, uh, what went wrong? What's the difference? Because I was, did impossible things to, from starting cycling in Ethiopia, grow up there, starting cycling there and coming to Europe and do to the France is an impossible thing and I did that and to do come back to the France and win stage why it went wrong and sometimes I said to myself because I was like when I did the, the that in my mind it's always like there was no option like I had to do it it's just nothing I see like it just, it just I knew it I'm gonna do it people come to me also said it's impossible yes it's possible even myself I never hear like it's like if it says it's hard, no, 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 it's it's possible. And I was just always in it. But I just didn't have that hunger when I said to do Tour de France now. I always said in my mind, I always did Tour de France. My biggest dream have come true. If this is not coming, it's okay, but I still have a dream. Like it's there is a difference of chasing my dream this is what I speak to myself. That's, this is what I, I always say, why, what went wrong? So I said, maybe this is because I could, I should have that hunger, the same hunger, the same, like, just like no excuse, nothing beside it. Just it's going to happen. I will do it just doing it and doing it.
0: There's an old story. Uh, I heard a motivational speaker, Tony Robbins. I went to see him years ago and he told this story. I'm not sure if it's a real story or he created the story, but it's, as you're speaking, it sounds the same. He was talking about this force, and they're going to take an island, and they want to take control of this island. So the force all that, the commander says to them, okay, you guys are all committed. We're going to fight, and we're going to take the island. And they say, yeah. So they sail across the ocean, and they get to the island. And he says, okay, you're definitely committed. We're all going to take the island." And they said, yeah. He's like, okay, if you're committed, burn the boats. So we either take the island or we die. There's no, there's no retreat. Like that's what you were like at the start. You burn the boats. There's no possible way you succeed or you die, but you don't have that then later in your career. It's not possible to maintain that. This is the same for every athlete. It's not possible to, to st- because you've achieved a level of comfort. Your your safety net is now higher.
1: That's it. Yeah. It's also the thoughts you have in your mind that makes you to to be whatever you want to be. So like, in, like before, like you explaining, that's the biggest example. Like you just die or you have to be there. Like, so you you don't want to die. Like you have to be there. And I was, I was a guy that I said to my friends, like, if you have a dream, you will never get, a, you will never die. You will never die. Before the Tour de France I did, I was always saying, there is no way something will happen to me unless I did Tour de France. It's like after, like before, I'm sure I will leave tomorrow. I am sure I will leave like I will be there. I will be there like tomorrow. Like I'm 110% because I know I will do Tour de France. I dream it. I picture it. I see it in my mind. I always like, I know I was there. It was so much action. Sometimes I cry like when I see myself like racing there. I just, that image, that dog self, like never can break it. I was doing it by myself to myself. It's like, it just, just, when I went to the church to pray, it's like my prayer was say like, just give me what I think. Like, just that's that's it. It's only one word I said always. Like, my wife said to me, you have to pray this way and this way. No, 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 no. I know what I want. Give me what I want. That's it. If I think bad, I think negative, give me that one. If I am positive and I want that positive, give me that one. I just give me what is the thought of my mind, like my mind. That's, that's the only pride I had when I got to the church and done, like I I just finished like in five (laughs) seconds. It's just like, it's, it's, so when I said I want to win Tour de France stage, it's like something I lost because I did, I, 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 I did something that I'm proud of it. I did something like I always say to me, to to the people, like I did Tour de France. It's like, this is when I, I meet people, like, what's your career and what's the best career you have or about cycling. <sighs> I just race Tour de France. It's just, Tour de France is still my favorite race. Like this, and I still have a dream to win stage, but that, that's, that's the biggest moment I had. And I remember 2016 on the, at the start line, because when you are in the, in the cycling, uh, in the team, you knew that one week or two weeks before the Tour de France, you're not, you're going to make it this team selection because you performing good and the team will say you, yeah, you are sure selected. At least one week before you've been told like, okay, you are selected the tour because you will go on Tuesday and start on Saturday. So I already knew one week before and I was in Ethiopia and we celebrate with a family dinner, but I wasn't like, I was happy, but I was like, okay, my dream come true. And it's like you, you see the, the process. I had good performance in Dauphine and I won the national championship and I got the news and then, then uh, when I come to the Tour de France team meeting press conference, I was doing a lot of interviews because I was the first Ethiopian rider to be in the Tour de France. I was doing a lot of interviews, uh, every TV station, every radio. I was giving an interview in Ethiopia before I left. Then, when I come to like to France, and I remember like at the start line, before like five ten minutes, we leave the bus and just standing on the start line. I was crying. Nobody knew, but I was crying. I was like, I'm just into Tour de France. I just feel <laughs> like that moment was like, I never forget my life because it's just, I realized how far I come, like all the thoughts, all like the dream I was dreaming and people were saying me, it's impossible. Some people was laughing at me. Some people were supporting me. I have some challenge. Uh, I remember like 2011, people were saying me, when I come back to Ethiopia, uh, why you come back? why from Europe what are we doing here like people going to Europe by the sea like risking their life you go by plane and you come back here like they didn't see the dream I had like you just you just see it like I come back to Ethiopia because of winter and I have to go or I have to still like hoping to go back to 2012 again to cycling center remember I remember because I didn't have a team I just training center in Eagle, Switzerland and I have other riders that they come to Holland, some people bring them and they didn't come back. They they just run away from Europe. And and I was a guy, like, I just come back. And like, people were saying to me, like, why you come back? And all the challenge I had, even like these people I said, is like, it's not about the, the people close to you, like the family member, whatever, like, what are you doing? You are not smart. Like, you should be in Europe and work, change your life. Biking is for you. It's like, what are you going to do for you? Like, Zan, like, I had a dream just to do two to France and to come back and to have a team and to change my life. And money, money was the biggest drive for me for sure. Like I want to be rich also because I have poor family. I for me is like I grow up without shoes and it just there is money was very important to, to earn, which is I see from through cycling that I can change my life also because I, I ask people how much salary they have pro riders and also this is also extra motivation for me, but just doing the Tour de France for me is like, sit there. It's just like, I am the first, like I'm the starting line. It's just like, just crying. It's all these thoughts comes to my mind as like one of the happiest day there. So it's like, that's, that's, I don't think so. I could get that hungry. That's, that's the biggest problem I feel like I have now, because when I spoke to myself, why I didn't do the same way, what I didn't do win, who knows, maybe I could do it, but I just, I just, it's, 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 it's bad feeling when you, like when you have a fear of your dream, because you have to make sure one of the thing I like, I read some books and some of the powerful words I found is like, a dream is not like you chase it there. You have to feel it's already happened in your mind.
0: You no. Know? You know what? I, I don't think this story is over this, gabu I think there's more chapters <laughs> left to be written. So I'm looking forward to having you back on the podcast next time to hear the next chapter but thank you very much for your time today thanks thanks
1: it was great and thanks so much for the opportunity thanks anthony